0: This broadcast comes from our live stream at twitch.tv slash The Civ Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Civ Show Podcast, where we suck so you don't have to. I'm your host, Moisos
1: erasing zozo
2: nystagmus and, and vector we, cat
0: and we have very special guests but i think you've interrupted Ruiner! me every single time every Ruiner! single time we've been
3: on this podcast sir. you're gone not Dude, once do, do you want you want to like warn me so that i don't like just say my name ahead of time maybe just like let me know you're gonna intro me all right i'm True. sorry you know what I'm next time I'm next time i'll get it right
0: Alright, yeah, I'm a bad host. I apologize. <laughs> hey, okay. Here, we're gonna rewind here
1: Vegas. Hey, we're
0: we're gonna introduce you, okay? Love it. Gonna okay, we're gonna go I'm live gonna sh- in five. Shut my trap. Four, track. three,
1: two. Hell no, we're not gonna go through the whole thing again. You know, apparently that's a, a, a skill some people could do is is actually talk backwards, like they just know how to do it. I don't even yeah. I think that's like that's just a natural superpower, I think. There's people that they can just do it back, talk backwards,
2: or you can just imitate it really well, like Jimmy Jim Carrey and you know Ace Ventura. <laughs> That's true. that, super slow motion. <laughs> We're gonna try. <laughs> I can do it. Coach, backwards. just give me another chance.
0: <laughs> One of my sister's friends, like, was able to visually just picture a word. So if you said a word, immediately he would visualize it backwards and say it backwards
1: within point five seconds. Twenty five. That's kind of crazy. That's not yeah, exactly, like, that's a long time to think. Oh, I thought Is you it? said 25 seconds. Point five. Zero point point 0.5. 0.5. Okay. Oh, that's, okay. that's much
3: impressive. more impressive. That's yeah, impressive. For sure. 20, 20. 20,
1: oh, wow. 20. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> K.L. <laughs>
2: No, Clat.
3: This is this episode is off to a great start. Oh, it's always <laughs> off to a
0: great start, especially with you, Vector Cat. But yeah, let's get let's get a little bit into you, man. I want to go. Let's just go kind of straight uh, into it. Uh, you you come from obviously your own little community. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Sub 6 Challenge League?
3: Yeah. And once again, thanks for having me uh, before we get on to anything else. So the Civ 6 Challenge League is something I started in quarantine, and it was based on a group of people that came out of the old Civcast podcast, uh, because they used to do challenge games as an offshoot of that podcast. And when it went dormant, I got control of the challenge game aspect of things. And just kind of started to run with it, right? So we kept the challenge group going, even though the podcast uh, was no longer in regular production. Then it came back, and then I was a recurring guest on the show. And then it went dormant again. And the challenge league kept going for a bit and then died. And then i resurrected it into what it is now. And partly in thanks to you guys and the other content creators that we're partnered up with as a result of coordinating the Civ Give, right, kind of going through a bit of a renaissance right now, which is a lot of fun to, uh, to experience because the exposure and the participation these days has been just absolutely, if I may, going GameStop, uh, and it's been a lot of fun to, uh, a lot you of fun to enjoy artificially
1: inflated by no,
3: yeah. I mean, uh, stonks, I guess is what the kids are saying. Oh, uh, wow. Dude, you're no, so
1: hip right
0: now. I know.
3: Right? I feel wow. really cool, really young. Um, <laughs> but no, it's great. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people like Coppercutters and Pendon and Durdric and uh Vowder who co-cast the Civ Give with me. Right. Right. Um, people that have been around for years and then there's also this influx huge influx of new people and having that combo of old and new generations is really great right now so it's a lot of fun and it's making me try new things like the leader of the week series that i had nystagmus on and making me want to start streaming and coming up with new ideas for content so yeah, it's a really exciting time, for sure.
0: Can you get into that since you've mentioned the nystagmus and leader of the week? Like how did the how did how, how is tell us a little bit about your new series and nystagmus? How did you feel to be on there and like how did it go and everything like that?
2: Uh yeah, we were um and, and I know it's been out for a couple of weeks now. I think the episode I was I was on, which was it was a great episode. It was a lot of fun um chatting about it. It was kind of it's a pretty Laid back format, we kind of just chat about a specific leader. Um, and we did Alexander the Great. So if you guys want to check that out, you can definitely take a listen to that uh, leader of the week. Um, but it was a lot of fun to to be on there, kind of just bouncing ideas back on each other about different ideas and then how they incorporated that into the game, right? Because ultimately civilization is a history basis to it, right? Now, obviously, recently they've been kind of taking a little bit more of a lore of the rings magic-y kind of turn, <laughs> tone to it a little bit um with you know vampires exist and stuff like that now but um but ultimately the basis of the game is history i was i thought i, was, I had a great uh, great experience on vector cats uh leader of the week but i'll let him explain like what he's going to do with it and everything like that but that was the episode i was on
1: i'm
3: glad you had a good time
1: point of point of clarification point of clarification uh vampires are real. It's a secret society. It's a secret society, alright? And there's a reason there's a secret society. People be freaked out if they found out that there's this ancient society that's all about drinking blood and vampire castles. Okay, they're all real. Do okay, they battle so the
2: lichens? No,
1: that, that's
2: bullshit. Okay, but oh, that's fiction.
1: The rest. The rest of it's the owls. They're out there. Are I've they, seen the ceremonies. Are the they, vampires, burn, they burn these big Are they big the ones owls. that
2: die in the sun or, they, they, or do they sparkle in the sun? Which vampires oh, are we talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> no, no,
3: no. <laughs>
1: it's more that there is a way to drink human blood to live an extra hundred years. Okay? They've been passing along lots of information. Okay? You know the Dark Ages? That's because vampires got killed. That is what happened. Okay. And
2: you when you interviewed okay. uh, Brad Pitt um, hit, during being a vampire. Oh, America. you beat me to <laughs> it. You beat me to it.
1: <laughs> you think I look like Christian Slater?
0: Oh, oh, oh uh, man. Point of brag. Point of brag before uh, we move on. Um, uh, Nystagmus and I have been on Vector Cat's podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't that great? You know, that's <laughs> awesome that <laughs> two-thirds of the Civ show, you know, and yeah, it's – I <sighs> – not like it's great, wouldn't be amazing or anything. Hey, no, I, hey, I'm not interested. So I've yeah. been on
0: twice. twice. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go, guys. I'm
0: sorry. We'll, I gotta we'll go. get you on. <laughs> we'll do
3: it. We'll do it.
1: All right. So so, Vector Cat,
0: tell us a little bit about Leader of the Week. Tell us about Leader of the Week.
3: So part of part of the idea was behind it was just to uh, to have a motivation to get an episode out every week, whether I had an interview or not you know, because a lot of the a lot of the content so far has been based on interviewing other content creators. But I wanted to make sure that I was pushing out new content every single week and to like motivate me to flex my creative muscles every week and stay dedicated. And I thought that leader of the week was a good idea because that gives me something to do I can go A to Z, right? Because that's the popular thing. If you're going to be a content <laughs> creator, you got to yeah. do the A to Z <laughs> challenge, or A to Z. But you know that's fine. You can be yeah wrong. A to Z. So, but I thought uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to line up with the challenge games. When it does, it'll be convenient, but it's not necessary. And we'll just go through the leader list, and it's really invigorating having an excuse to do some research talk to interesting people like nystagmus and learn about these people in the game that i didn't know anything about beforehand i mean especially emanatore um i talk about in the the episode on her i didn't know who she was before i started playing Civ six right but doing the research about her is really interesting and invigorating and so it's just kind of trying to Pass along that joy to other people, other players of the game and listeners of the podcast.
0: I listened to that episode and I was it was it was it was fascinating. I didn't know that she was like buried in her own uh, pyramids like those Nubian Nubian pyramids. Right. That I think how you described them, they were like just taller and skinnier and steeper. Right. So like clearly... They were invaded by aliens, too, is what you're getting at,
3: right? <laughs> Yeah, they're also made we're by not, aliens. We're
1: not saying it was aliens, yeah. but,
3: but...
2: But it was aliens. It was Specifically, aliens. <laughs> aliens that are parasites that take over human bodies, called the Guald. Uh, no,
3: <laughs> <laughs> They're basically perfect life forms.
2: Yeah, they're, they're interesting
3: pyramids, because when you look at them, they're not equilateral, right? And they have these cute little porches in the front, which, if you yeah, look porches. closely... Uh, on the tile improvement in the game, the devs have put that architecture onto the Nubian pyramids. And it's it's those little details that really, once you understand the history, right, there are these little details about Civ Six that you can appreciate even more. Like, I'm not sure I'm right about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I am pretty sure that at some update recently... Amanatori got a new set of clothes. Like she got a new dress and more jewelry hmm. because I remember her in a, in a plainer like Brown dress. And now she's now her dress is more gold. It's got more of a sheen to it and she's got more jewelry. And after researching her, what she's wearing now makes more sense because her reign in Nubia was a very productive and very wealthy time period. And so knowing these details about her makes me appreciate her appearance in game and also the way she plays in game that much more.
0: Didn't you mention on the episode that she focused a lot of like feeding her people and growing food for her people?
3: Yeah, she did. And that's that also appears in the game, right? It's, it's part of her flavor text. She's got to quote something like, uh, you know, give your people or provide for your people what the land cannot. And, and that ties in well with the Nubian pyramid giving food in game. I mean, it just, it all... Like I really think that a mandatory in Nubia is one of those really good examples of the Firaxis devs tying in real history and real information to how the civilization appears in game. Like they make mistakes. I'm not too hot on, you know, Scotland gets a golf course. I'm not too hot on like Canada Canada gets gets the Mountie, right? Like there, there are some, there's some weird stuff in the game. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that Nubia is a really good example of some accuracy there.
1: Zoe, so when was the last time you played Nubia? I don't... I was just thinking, like, they're actually a fantastic uh, money sieve, and I don't... I think it's been months. Like, I think I need to play yeah. them soon. Uh, especially with the new corporations. Like, just, yeah, just listening. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah Nubia is great. They got lots of money. They get, like, 50% production towards all ranged units as well? Yeah. Like... Yeah, on top of, wow. like... Did an amazing defensive and then they get like uh the nubian archer right i believe yeah. which um, can, hold
0: on can we can we pause for a second and and say like i watched the VOD for last week's civ show how many slingers did you build that was insane who, like me? yeah you i felt like 10 <laughs> holy crap dude somebody yeah. commented he's like he's like what's a melee unit and said so and i'm like oh, part <laughs> of the plan though
1: a slinger a slinger is just an elephant you haven't met Anyway, it's, yeah. it's the way okay. to go
2: man that, that, do you remember that do you remember the point where I told Zell I'm like wow that's a good plan great great on you man because uh, he just bought a bunch <laughs> of slingers and I was like oh he's going to upgrade them up to his elephants oh! okay I get what he's doing now oh <laughs> um,
1: it's like yeah everything's coming together and I just it was uh, I was just waiting for mercenaries which I was rapidly approaching and then I upgraded my army very rapidly uh, And everything's coming, coming for for up Voichen. Yeah, I got a lot.
2: And unlike the game with Peppermint Butler, he actually came to the front lines. <laughs> I came in the front line. <laughs> oh man, it took is a so shot hard to be someone. allied
1: with you guys. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah. like last time with Peppermint Butler, like man, he's at my borders. Don't worry, man, I'm coming. I'm, I'm turning on the war machine. Okay, I okay, was, okay. And I he took did. one of my border cities. Help me out. Okay, he's he's surrounding my capital. Hey, man, I'm coming. I'm adoring. I, he he had super
1: the- math. <laughs> he had super math. Okay, he had Moy math going for him. No, he's got I, way I more than Moy math. He's got PhD math. On I his know side. he's got super math. Yeah. I couldn't fight his his math is his math is strong. Okay, just take it, take a big smart whiff.
3: cookie right there for sure. That is a smart he guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, like absolutely. your vector
1: your vector challenge copyright like infringed on that by calling it a vector challenge. Um, <laughs> I, I remember the one though that uh, we did a few weeks ago, and like. Peppermint Butler by like turn 187 had like nanotech, and I'm just like, like, how I was nowhere close. I think at 187, I uh, might with have the had a game mode. Min-
2: he got a sub 150 culture victory,
1: no, way, like, dude, like,
2: the, the, <laughs> the, like and he the would have had it under 140 if he knew them. If he, he said his words were, if I knew the mechanics of the of how these things worked, I would have gotten like under 140. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: I did. A, um. I did a, a sub one fifty with Vietnam the other day. I like I believe it's just, it. It's kind of bonkers once you get everything cooking. With preserves. Sure. Uh with preserves and the, the new monopolies and corporations and all that, the way that tourism buff stacks, um, if you've got your adjacencies going and you get the right like resource benefits, I mean the the culture benefit you can get in one city and then you double it when you get a monopoly it just gets bonkers
1: i've already uh, seen like a flaw with this court and i hope they fix it uh so we have like right now in our game i think Moy has two monopolies and it's not because he's got tons of stuff it's because there are only three of a certain item and he has three of them that's uh, a monopoly so, baby so has that's a monopoly. what it is whereas every <laughs> other that's a monopoly every other thing is there's eight of them You know, but there's one item, there's three of them Mm. in account. So uh, I hope that it's not the same. I hope that the, you know, the number of whatever tourism or whatever is getting, I hope it's not the same as somebody who had to go and get eight or, heaven forbid, 12 of something. If it is, if it's the exact same bonus, that's broken and they have to fix it because it's a lot easier to get three than 12, right? That's basic like that's math I get. That's, that's part of I map understand. generation, and that's like
2: really deep. <laughs> like down. It might be blunted in our game because we have we're at war.
1: Yeah, but still, it's three. It's only three spaces you have to protect, and that's easy. It's a lot easier to protect three squares than it is to protect our hexes than twelve, right? And twelve is scattered across the world. Three is it's all he started with them. That's not right. I, I I think they have to fix that. They it, when if you turn corporations on, it needs. That algorithm, whatever, has to kick in. Not algorithm, but, you know, just, the program has to kick Just change your in. algorithm, Civ. Well, practice. the program just has just to kick your in and, and say there are 40 luxuries and we're going to make sure that they're evenly distributed. Uh, whatever. You can't have three. That's not right it's just the underlying game mechanics that it's tough because you, there
0: are i think quote, uh, don't quote me on this but like three luxuries per continent and the continents are generated by the map so that depends on what kind of map you choose if you choose like continents and islands then you're gonna have like one small continent possibly with only like three resources and all of them are just well unique, and that's fine
1: right? and, and just make the bonuses not equal right if i have 12 that should be a bigger tourism bonus than those three you know uh, yeah, and I, no, and I, I get what you mean there. It's yeah. I get not. what you mean. Yeah. Like, although, like, li- common sense wise, it does make sense. Oh, there's only three. Well, there's only three in the world. Well, there's twelve of them. Oh, they're all over the place. This is rare stuff here. <laughs> so overall, let's 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 I guess t- start talking about
0: corporations and stuff. So, Vector Cal, what's your opinion on corporations and monopolies?
3: I love it. I mean, the the same as I felt about secret societies. I think for me, this is going to be part of my default setup going forward. I just I think it's a a necessary addition to the game it's something that Nostagmus mentioned previously on either this show my show or both i'd love to see some things from civ 4 brought back into civ 6 yeah. and here we are you know i think i either put in discord or texted you Moy, like y'all need to title your feedback episode we were right because a lot of what you guys had talked about showed up in the update right I love it. I I think it's wonderful. I think that there is something about that tourism bonus that maybe might get tweaked, maybe. But I just am crazy about it. One thing that I love about the ability to uh, to make a product and send to another city is it reminds me of this thing in Age of Empires 3 where you could send products and like shipments to your colonies and you could build it like a deck of cards in a way. And I like that old game sentiment coming into brand new content. I like it a lot. So all in all, huge fan, wouldn't change a thing. Love it to death. What about you guys?
2: I like the, like the idea behind it. Um, a couple of things I'd, I'd like to tweak. One, the, for the ultimate thing, I'd like an economic victory condition. <laughs> like, it's cool. Now we have corporations, we have, we have uh, monopolies, we have industries. That's all really awesome. A couple of mechanics I want them to get into is one, economic victory condition. And two, also show, you know, there's a theory in international relations about, you know, more interconnected people become, the less conflict arises. And so in the late game, if you start having monopolies and corporations, you can have it so that you don't get the tourism unless people buy your product. And if you don't get the tourism from the product, and if you go to war with people, then it cuts off your um, your economic advantage. And so that's where interconnected countries don't fight with each other. You know, Canada, the United States is a classic example of this. We're so interconnected. Seeing like a um, like a war break out between Canada and United States is like unthinkable right now, right? Yeah. European Union is another mm-hmm. great example. They're so interconnected now. The whole goal of the European Union was to end war on Europe, or at least a major war, and their interconnectedness now kind of makes that impossible. Like you basically harm yourself so much more by doing that, by severing ties. And so I like to see those kind of mechanics show up with trade. I want trade to be make more like meshing with, with uh, different civilizations that you're, you're trading with. And an economic condition could be that you dominate trade for a given luxury resource, and you have to do it for a certain number of them or something like that. But I love the idea of it. I want them to just keep building on it, even if people, like, have issues with it. Like, for example, I have no idea the connection between having a monopoly and tourism. Like, I just, like, I have a monopoly on, on oil. Okay, great. Um, people don't, like, show up to your country to look at the oil. Um <laughs> Right, like, (laughs) well, okay. uh, So, I'd like to know why, like, why they decided on that, on that between tourism and and the commodity. I thought it would be more cool if they had it more connected to economics as opposed to like culture. But that's just my personal opinion. I still think it's a cool mechanic.
3: Well. I mean, t- to be fair, uh, America has made a habit of showing up to people's countries to look at their oil. But, and you know,
2: they're not tourists. That's though. <laughs> like, that's the, it's the tourism. They're, you get tourism from your monopoly. But that, that's I, I, I just I want to know the thought process behind them landing on that mechanic for the monopoly.
0: I think they probably consulted Sid Meier and Sid Meier is from Switzerland. So it's like, what do people go to Switzerland for? Chocolate. Oh, that brings tourism? Yes. Okay, we're going to incorporate that in our game now.
2: That's
1: probably what happened.
2: I, 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 do, not, I do not theory plausible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good night. I, I believe, Nystagmus, what you're describing is called game theory. And in, in particular, this is a, the reason it's called a non-zero-sum game. And that's where uh, every it's a win-win. So, when you reach a non zero sum game, it's mutually beneficial. And the more non zero sum games and democracies have a tendency to reach non zero sum games where both sides win and it's not a, where authoritarian, it's, you know, one, it's a, it's a zero sum game where there's a winner, there's a loser. And yeah, the societies that have non zero sum relationships tend to be cohesive. But uh, that said, kind of, I don't know, I get like they can add an economic victory, sure. That would be more based on, I think, unifying, I guess, the economy. So yeah, like a, a one currency. I think that's what they kind of did in past civs, maybe. They suggested a one currency or something like that. I think civ revolution, it was just you had to make 50,000. <laughs> or You just had to bank. Uh, it, once you banked enough money or no, it was once you banked enough, you could build the World Bank. Aww. And that, that did it. It was like a wonder. But corporations seem to support other victory conditions. Uh, So, yes, it adds to your tourism, makes that a lot easier. But then, you know, it could also add to your diplomacy. Like you just said, if you have trade with people, you're likely Mm going to be getting along better. Maybe you'll be voting stuff. uh, So that could help your game with the right monopolies. You like mercury or whatever you can get help you with your science victory. So I guess that I think that's what they're kind of going for as opposed to money will bring us together. But it is kind of weird because I think money probably will unify us. It kind of is, right? Like that's, well, (laughs) like this is like, you know, if you look at a type one, a type one civilization, right? We're type zero. A type one civilization has a unified economy, a world economy, right? And there are theorists that say that that's just naturally going to happen. Over time, you're going to naturally have, the easier it is for people to trade. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I remember in Spore, Economic victories, if you were the omnivores, I don't know if anyone ever played Spore. This yeah, is a I super did. old game. I did. I didn't yeah. get very far, though. You, but. Well, you, if you could be an omnivore, an economic victory was basically, you know, everybody joined the same economy and that's how you won. Uh, that was your way of, you know, the, the carnivores would fight, the herbivores would... Uh, Peaceful, loving care, and then the omnivores were buying cities. (laughs) Uh, So a a global economy, I guess I could see that for a a victory condition. It kind of sounds like diplomacy, though, to be Uh, honest.
0: (laughs) So my idea of economic victory would be more like every civilization or every country it's kind of like today is run like a business, right? Every every country is almost war, has a dollar value. How is that dollar value kind of associated with them? Well, you can associate it with trade, how much money you're bringing in, how much money you're you're exporting out. So, you can say, okay, let's just let's just go for this example, uh, gold per turn. I make 200 gold per turn, okay? So, I can say my my share price for my economy is 200 gold for one share. And then for an economic victory, you would have to buy, let's say for this example, a hundred shares of each civilization, and you you would become the economic victor, or fifty percent of the shares, whatever that number is going to be, of every economy. So like you own every country virtually. So if Zoe's is only making mm. fifty gold per turn, I put. Fifty gold in his shares a hundred times. That's I I now own his his economy and like Nystagmus's and Vector Cats and blah 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 blah. There could be modifiers based off of luxury resources. Don't how many trade like routes you have? Do
2: a game GDP calculation.
0: Yeah, basically like how like I I, I don't know how it how to do that, but that's It'd kind of what like I'm getting probably at. Probably yes. a
2: complicated metric with population, right? So yeah. market size versus how well off your markets are. And so it could be by how rich your country is and how many luxury resources it has as like a complicated analytic to calculate like a kind of in-game GDP. I remember Civ 4 used to tell you like how many people lived in your Civ, right? Like That
1: was a normal thing until more recent Civs. That was like Civ 1.
3: Yeah.
2: It yeah, had your it total
3: was, population. Yeah, I think it was, it was Civ 5 that made population a completely abstract concept like you used to get a total population yeah
1: each city would have its own population number yeah it didn't matter exactly it didn't yeah like it wasn't important it didn't it but, affect but the
3: game. it was it it made it feel a little more realistic it made those cities feel more lived in you know I like the idea of of combining what Moy and thetagmas are both saying as if so like there's a civilization GDP that the game presents you with but then you can buy into or manipulate the other civilization's values. Um, maybe you can buy into their products or their production with gold or with diplomatic favor. Like maybe there's a ratio where you can spend gold, but if you spend diplo favor, it's like got a two to one value. I don't know.
1: I I, I think if they did economic victory, like, I, I don't know, they'd have to make it kind of complicated I think they've tried to purposely mm-hmm. keep money simple in Civ, yeah. right? Um, you know, the the actual value of money is it's a complex organism. But I could see something along the lines of of currencies where a nation's currency, if you can become the the, the dominant currency of the planet, your the currency is labeled like <laughs> the, the unified currency, right? Um, you know, so like right now, there's like, what, three major currencies in the world, right? Uh like the yen, the the dollar, the American dollar, the pound, probably. The, the, the pound whatever. You know, there's some top contenders. Um, if, if you ultimately, like China, has billions of dollars, I guess, of American debt, but they have just cash, apparently. I don't know if this is true. Apparently, they have just tons of cash, like actual dollar bill cash that they have stored. And at any time, they could... Flood the market with that cash and they have a lot of control because of that. So, if they added a component of the game where your currency, and it's kind of what you guys are talking about, it's kind of so what you're talking note, about.
2: Technically, if any country has a fiat currency, you all do that because you could just print more money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the whole point right. of a fiat mm-hmm. currency, right? You can manipulate the supply, which every country can do. <laughs> right. But
1: like, like China owns a lot of American debt, right? They're not they're, as much as you think. Okay, sure, but either way, that uh, I think it's a lot, but I, I we don't have to go into that today. Yeah, that could <laughs> be a way that maybe economic that they add, <laughs> yeah. they had the idea of 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 your currency actually matters, but that's a level of complication, right? Like that's maybe a Civ seven complexity. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know that that would take like maybe a lot of computing well, power.
2: <laughs> we are going to get one more game mode and one more Civ. Yes.
1: yes. Mm-hmm. So
2: we'll see what they do with that. But
1: I don't think they'll do like uh, a corporate victory as the game
3: mode because we've already got that and they didn't
1: add that. Right.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: We did get. Yeah, they didn't add it. It might be interesting, though, just like to pepper it in. Like maybe when there's aid requests, you could offer a loan instead of just offering raw gold. So then later on in the game, you could recall that debt.
1: I think the difficulty is like. You can't have it that it's like the other victory conditions, right? Take culture, for example, because that's the most complicated one. yeah, it can't be like, yeah, culture, and it is very complicated. So it can't but it can't be like culture. It can't be like diplomacy. Uh, it'd have to be something standalone. But
2: going what vectorcat says, I'd like them to introduce mechanics where you can take out a loan because that happens in real life, right? Like yeah, country's going to mess do that. You
1: can do that. you you as a player could say, listen nystagmus. I'll lend you this 500 gold, but uh, I have some interest. But yeah, yeah, you could. You could maybe have that. Like you found a World Bank and everybody can go take loans out of there. And yeah, that might be a way to do economic Mm. victory uh, is by basically placing the planet in debt. But I think that's kind of dark. And I think Siv intentionally, I think Sid Meyers might have drawn a line in the sand. Be like, nah, that's all right they already know about that reality I, I let's honestly give them something
2: they didn't do it because it could be easily abused like yeah. if you can go yeah. into yeah, debt sure. to do something you can just like because just say you're making 500 gold per turn right obviously you would be able to go into much more debt because you would pay a chunk of that 500 gold per turn in interest payments on that debt right and so you could just like all right i want to just take out 10,000 gold and upgrade all of my army to like mechanized infantry uh, in one swoop.
1: Yeah, I'd see it more like like you have to buy these five things, and each one of them is increasingly more expensive, and then the last one is like 20 payments of a 1,000 gold or something
2: like that. No, but what, the way it would be abused is warriors don't have maintenance costs, right? So yeah. you just spam warriors for like the longest time, keep them in a corner somewhere, wait until you get a later age, take out a loan of gold, and just upgrade them all instantly.
1: Yes, you you you
3: you could definitely do that's it. a bold I, move, I though, man. Do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be I don't that'd be going out on a limb. I think if they did a a victory condition like that, though, it would be based around how much debt you're holding for your opponents, rather than how much debt you're able to survive being in. Well,
1: yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I I ima-
3: I imagine something like. Something like the scientific wind condition, where if we go back to previous editions where you built the World Bank right. and recontextualize that to now where you've got the satellite, the moon landing, the Mars colony, the exoplanet expedition, like you've got different steps to building the World Bank, but each one requires you to have certain amounts of equity with your other opponents in the game it have to be
1: some like they'd have to add a layer of complexity because you you can't just have that it's buy this that's boring um and you can't have that it's just build this because that's science victory a science victory is essentially a production victory is what it comes down to right is your how how quickly can you build this stuff um so you know they'd have to make it fun but like and not become an entire game of itself because they could probably make civ economics and it would be fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about buying and selling, them and stocks, and you gotta talk about monetary policy.
2: We need just a new mode, Gamespot mode, Gamespot mode. Do everyone like Gamespot mode? It <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know would be cool though for six economic six AMC if they went uh, a different direction and didn't go that of like heavy capitalism and that what economic victory actually is. It's more like the world happiness index and it's more like you're just trying to make all your people it's not that you're trying to spread your culture it's just that everybody's happy and and well to do and go you know but that's i don't know that kind of sounds like diplomacy as well let's all get along uh but yeah our our citizens are the most happy that means we win
3: (laughs) but that's also the science victory already because a science victory is a production victory and and you gotta have your good morning amenities right oh yeah nice.
1: yeah yeah. i I guess (laughs) or they could go the path of civ 4 even further where it was just like spreading your corporation and you just needed to like mm. get your mm-hmm. get actual found corporations and spread them in other cities i get it though there's enough win conditions i think in civ do we really need was that an eighth one is that would that be an eighth one or uh seven there's six, right six
0: seven i'll say seventh 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 Religion, i think
3: diplomacy. as long as people are asking for it and wanting it yeah we need it kind of late in the game though no, if you want to like, swap one
2: out you can get rid of diplomatic victory because ain't nobody else. <laughs> 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 hey hey
0: hey the new challenge for civ6 challenge league the diplomatic challenge is incredibly difficult and the fact that it's diplomacy yeah. i think makes it that much cooler so man, I'm that's sorry just a about that. If I no, was lined it. up I with it.
1: this Kree thing, I try it out. I like the I've done the diplomatic victory. It's it's fun.
3: I I feel bad. There were a couple people complaining about this earlier tonight. I and in, in our our group thread, like I was sending you sending you guys updates as I was doing the balance testing. Right, right. like a couple weeks ago, and I feel bad because when I f- finished. Making this game, I sub 200ed it. And now, like this, it's after the update, it's impossible. Wow. I don't, I do not know what's going on. And luckily, I set the achievement timer to 250, but still, like, I don't know. Like, something has broken, the center has not held. Things have fallen apart. So
0: are, are CPUs just
3: building like
0: those wonders that give you diplomatic victory points? Or like why is it taking longer? Or or, or, are,
3: I think no, Shark said
0: aid requests weren't working.
3: Yeah. And what I did was I went out of my way to go and cause catastrophes. Yeah. That's what I would do too. And I went, I went and caused wars and got people to declare on me, got my production up. But it seems like those aid requests are not triggering as much as they used to. Right. And there is some chatter about maybe the devs tried to slow that timer down because they were they were getting tired of of quick Diplo wins. So maybe there's fewer aid requests. I don't know. Mm. that was early on they
0: made that change that was almost immediately after apocalypse mode came out they made that change
3: that's why i didn't think that this update was going to change things that much and i've i've already seen like a, a 240 a 230 so i think that a sub 200 is still possible but yeah this this game is it is hard but it's also really interesting i personally i think it's best that it's a diplo win because the way the AI on this map gets going in terms of science and culture is a little bit ridiculous and a lot of fun to watch happen, in my humble opinion.
2: It might be like a, a bug, because I, I remember for me, I don't know about anybody else, like in the update, like I, I couldn't do deals anymore with all my old save games. Like Any game I had saved Mm. after the update and whenever it went up to the deal screen and I tried to like click out of the deal, it would just like blank out and I couldn't like get out of the screen.
3: Well, I'm I'm having deal screen issues with games made after the update. You know, and and luckily the challenge game is was made completely after the update. I know there were some bugs on launch day, especially in multiplayer. Right. So maybe there's there's still some things that are being worked out. I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: I have a question that's related, not, not related to what you're talking about, but still related to Civil Six Challenge League. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about team challenges, where it's you get three people, it's random, just choose a number. Yeah, Randomly. just random three. number, just, just three, three, you know, three people, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you put them on a team. And you give them the same thing, the condition, the wind condition, you give them their opponents, uh, the exact same thing. Just you have three people on your team. How fast can you do it? Ever thought about, ever thought about that?
3: No, because it's always been an exclusively a single player experience.
0: Ah, I tried, guys. <laughs> tried. All right. Dang. Look, you even have a Champ team Sorry. challenges in the chat, man.
3: This is an opportunity. <laughs> That's what it's always been i'm just saying i've never thought of that which means if i do that you get credit for the idea no because i've i've clearly said i've never thought about it (laughs) (sighs) don't give me credit i didn't do it
1: i just just, you just
3: came up with it i I definitely plant plant the
1: seed that would be fun if you could cut like i know that'd be hard or different right maybe not hard be different because normally you have everyone starting in the same place so we were all having the exact same experience but to have like a well-designed map that's specifically designed for three people, but in true Vector Cat style where like, it's what I love about your maps, the few that I've done, like the Scotland one, for instance, was like the way that you set it up was like a fantastic start for Scotland. Like this is exactly what you Mm -hmm. want. And I, you know, one of the most fun stuff things to Uh, do, I think in in that game
2: from that game.
1: I love yeah, that bro, game. I, me. I, I, <laughs> really, I did good. I got far in that game. I got far in that game. I loved how I we kept, had we had such I kept different approaches.
2: stomped on like every single time. But
1: either either way, like it's it's awesome to be like, okay, if I'm if I'm going to be Nubia, I know Vector Cat's going to have this amazing start. That's so perfect for Nubia. So I think yeah, if you ever did a a, a three way challenge where the you know the three civs were like, this is as awesome as it can possibly get, that'd be a lot of fun well
3: i mean maybe uh so let's see you've got so this sunday is foibles right correct Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe maybe i can give you a little valentine's day present oh
0: i mean okay if you want to go that soon dog we got we got we got availability
3: there's no rush man if you don't have a guest after foibles maybe i can get you a game ready by then we currently and, don't uh, just a little, a little, uh, just a little three way map for the Civ Show boys and neat. see what you do with. Are it. we going
0: to team up? Like us three team up against AIs and see how fast we can get a victory. That'd yeah. be that'd
1: be neat if it's like we're in the middle. There's the three of us in this like triangle, and then the, there's the enemy that's all around us. They're yeah. all coming for us. Yeah, kind of uh, fight you them, fight them off.
3: It'll be the wood elves, ah. the night elves, <laughs> the summer Yay. elves. Why do you gotta be elves, man? What? No
2: dwarves? No orcs? Well, that just reminds me of the Warhammer mod we played, and I I have fun memories of that game because that was yeah, broken. Exactly. Yeah. That was that was a
3: fun game, man. And you you played really well. That was a good time because to watch. It was so broken I for the that.
2: Dark Elves, I was like, oh, so Dark Elves. So Dark Elves have all Tundra in their land and they treat Tundra like it's regular land. And I rushed work ethic. Work ethic <laughs> and uh Aurora. I'm like, okay, so everyone of my cities has like hundred production, like at turn one hundred. Like, okay. Yeah, that that
3: elves the elves faction you were playing in that mod was like, okay, so so we're gonna take Peter from Civ Six. <laughs> and then we're gonna just break it yeah. just a little, yeah. Like let's break just make it, it more than broken. it's
2: already broken, right? Like they they took right. Peter, it was Peter. absurd.
1: What if you went, um, you know, that little extra vector mile, and instead of just making you know do a full mod, and okay, what would what, okay. would, what would what would Zozo be if he was a civ? What would Boy be if he was a civ? What would the Stagmas be if he was a civ? Go. <laughs> well, only if yeah, I'm allowed to make Zoes.
0: Right? Only if I'm allowed to make Zoes will I do that. And then Zoe can make mine.
2: So Zoe go in the corner if we're, count if, to a million. And after that, it still will yeah. happen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're gonna, first of all, if we're gonna go down that road, we're gonna have to get Ruby involved. Okay. Okay, because ah, they because if we're gonna start making mods, I think that the Civ show mod queen has to be involved. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Number number 2, in all seriousness, one thing that I've always loved about what you guys do is how you react differently to existing sieves in the game. I think I could easily come up with some interesting and new and like innovative civs to fit who you are as players. Mm. That's cool. But I would rather me say, "Hey, here's what i think you you know like uh like when community picks uh for a game one time i got to give you zozo uh the ottomans right and and see you like oh i forgot that this was in this oh they get this and oh they've got a ship and oh okay you know like i ooh, because i love ooh, the game candy. so much yeah ooh piece of candy oh piece of candy I love the game so much as it is. I love seeing how other players react to it as it is. So, yeah, I'd be tempted to make mods for each of you. But really, I'm I'm always invigorated and interested or invigorated by and interested in grammar, Alabama boy, uh, how <laughs> you guys react to what the game is on its own. Right. But, yeah, some, some Civ Show mods would definitely be interesting. That's my that's my way too long answer to that Love statement. It. I don't remember
0: what the question was, but let's move yeah, on to some like, question. community. <laughs> let's move on to some community questions. It was just a
3: comment that just inspired me to react and just say that I appreciate what you guys do already, without needing mods, just the way you play the game on its own. That was all. Okay,
0: let's move on to some community questions. We actually have some in chat right now. Uh, the first one comes mm. from Roman TV. Uh, did you guys, or is it Roman or was it Dreka? Let, let me double check that. Was definitely Roman, okay. Do you guys like the Civ Six graphics where it's a little more cartoony or did you enjoy Civ V's more realistic version? This is a very good question. Very hot topic.
2: Uh, I have to say I really like Civ VI's aesthetic. Like I, I was, again, I was introduced to Civ Four. When I played Civ V, it, whenever I played that game, it just didn't feel right i don't know if that's a good way of like putting it like it didn't see like uh the like look civ. of it yeah it didn't feel the same i you know basically my experience with civ5 was not very extensive i played it for a little bit i really couldn't get into it civ6 is the other civ that i've gotten more into than i did in civ4 actually so i actually enjoy the aesthetic that of civ6 more than civ5 so what do you think
1: um yeah i i i agree uh civ 5 like civ 5 was you know it's revolutionary and it's hexes and stuff like that but yeah it kind of the aesthetic went for a more realistic look and i think civ 6 went more along the lines of civ revolutions look but in Civ revolution it had every everyone that talked was just a, a gibberish whereas this like they're talking and i think that's the more cool component is By giving it the cartooner or I I get it, the more comic book, I would say, look, I think it reminds us that we're in a game and it's fun and and Civ isn't looking to be hyper realistic. So I think it's it's a good move to go in that direction. So I like
3: it. Vector Cat, what do you think? Everything that Zozo just said.
1: I love having you on the show, man. It's good to, good to have someone on my side for once.
3: I, I mean, you beat me to it. Like, I had this whole thing about, like, you know, I love the realism of Hearts of Iron and Europa Universalis, and I liked the darker tone of 5, but Civ 6 is a game. You said everything that I was going to say. Yeah. It's the mind telepathy. See, we've we've got a we've got a thing, and especially it works out like we're over here on the screen. The two of you are over there on the screen. Oh, Good side S-
1: of the screen. See? Get a room. Lame lame side. Bad side of the screen. I bad. I said lame. We don't need a
3: room. Hey. No, we've got a screen. All right. Anyway, sorry. Next question. I'm derailing things. I apologize. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree.
0: I I enjoy sub six aesthetics. Um, I just like the animations more. I think that with the less realism, they're more free to be more expressive with the animations. And you did definitely see it with Cleopatra. Like the way when she's angry at you, you know she's angry at you. And it's just a lot better. I feel mm-hmm. like Civ Five was very blocky. It was very stiff. Even the figures, even though they're more realistic w- women uh, looking, sorry, um, they were just more stiff. And I understand that maybe technology has advanced and blah, 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 blah. blah but I actually enjoy the aesthetic of Civ Six. So there's that question. Next question. With the new Frontier Pass approaching its end, which are your guys' favorite new sieves and new game modes added? We'll start with uh Vector Cat this time.
3: So we talked a lot about monopolies. For for me, Secret Societies is probably my favorite. Good choice.
0: What's your least and
3: favorite? And for sorry. Uh, least I um I don't really have one because i i love them all it's just it's just a matter of what do i want my my least favorite game mode is vanilla civ 6
0: <laughs> okay i'll good take answer. that answer okay
3: <laughs> uh, i mean s- seriously because they have all been an addition right and then your new favorite civ uh byzantium hands down oh yeah good choice. no question so like
0: yeah okay uh who was uh second last i think it
1: was uh zoe so Zoe, you're next um uh, new favorite game mode like i think everybody likes secret society so that should just be it's not even a game mode that's a permanent now established <laughs> um i think the the most interesting one uh is also the harder one to play on and that's the dramatic ages mm-hmm. um i think it adds a, a really neat flair to the game uh especially like with the breakaway sieves um and i'd like to have that even more explored where like like, you could have a breakaway that they start a new civilization, like a new uh, pops up instead of it just being free states. Oh, wow. So I'd say that, that that would be my favorite of, of the new modes. I, I don't know corporations well enough. I like I like making I like anything that's gold making, but I, I sense that there might be something off about corporations. We'll see. Least favorite is heroes. Hands down. <laughs> um I don't like the hero's mode. Uh, I get it, you know, but I just it's it's really I don't know. I don't think you can balance it because it's all very circumstantial. What, you know, what hero will be great, which one won't. Maybe I just have to to try it more or like I didn't really realize last game that what the new the wonders have been tweaked. I didn't really get that. Um, so, you know, maybe try it a little bit more. Hands down, favorite new Civ uh, is the Gull i think they're just awesome such a fantastic military and culture mixed together they're just a really fun sieve to be They're little culture bombs uh everything about them i just i think the gull are super fun and they're one of those sieves that like it they don't have a a peak i don't think i just think they just get bigger and better and more amazing so Mm -hmm.
0: The stagmas you're next your favorite game mode these favorite game mode and favorite sieve
2: so um, my I agree that Secret Society is basically part of the vanilla game now. Like I can, see yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine like playing vanilla Civ anymore. To be honest, like without Secret Societies now, I do miss getting that extra governor slot every single time you met a Secret oh, Society. I, know. I miss yeah. that so, so good. much yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Secret Societies is is something that I want them to keep tweaking. Like I really think Hermetic Order could be a lot better first. Like it sucks that you get Hermetic Order and then you don't know that there's like like when I played on the true start Europe map, there was one ley line on the entire bloody map. Like that was weird. And I chose them as as Rome. So um so I, I agree with that. Now my I think my favorite one to play though is Dramatic Ages. Yeah. Um it annoys me, like it frustrates me to almost no end a lot of the time, but um it it, it creates a lot of like even when things are going well. Like when you're not at war and stuff like that, it creates another conflict in the game that I really enjoy. Like you're fighting for something in like it. And it's one of the game modes that actually changes your behavior. Like you'll research other things just so you can get the error score so you don't go into a dark age. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and so I really like that one. My least favorite um, uh, game mode is apocalypse mode. But that's just because of like my um, my post-traumatic stress from like getting hit with like four comments <laughs> in that one game. Like. We had five comets (laughs) land. That
1: was like Um, the first time. The first apocalypse. Five comets landed.
2: One landed on a city state and the other four landed in my civilization. (laughs) So (laughs) do not like apocalypse mode. Um, That was great. And and also I couldn't get the computer. And then you
3: attack a city by a volcano.
2: Yeah. (laughs) or with the you're russia
3: and you're basically invincible from an <laughs> invading so
2: my least favorite one i think it's really cool like concept but like it it became like if you do like primordial with apocalypse mode like it just like okay. it's frustrating you're, to, yeah like, you're no setting end.
0: yourself up for disaster at that point come on you can't say that
2: <laughs> favorite uh new civ added uh grand columbia like of course like
0: yeah that was a no-brainer yeah
2: um that's my favorite new my new civ yeah so Um, and my prediction for the new one, I don't know if we're going to do that later, but I can give my prediction for the new, just say it anyway. Yeah. Um, I think the new Civ is going, not, not going to be uh, a European Civ. I don't think it's going to be Portugal. I think everyone thinks it's going to be Portugal. I don't think it's going to be Portugal. Portugal. Um, (laughs) uh, I think it's going to be, uh, something like, um, another, uh, indigenous population. So like the Inuit or, or another, like the Métis, something like that, um, is going to be the next civilization, I think. Since it's going be north american civilization i think
0: we'll come back we'll come back and get everyone's predictions for that one uh because what, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. no, okay. what about you Moy? yeah what, what about me what's your answer about me yeah okay my favorite you bud secret societies is it obvious okay so we're gonna we're just gonna scratch that one now because that's like everybody's favorite that's everybody's go-to favorite uh apart from that i actually really i really enjoy apocalypse mode i'm not gonna lie to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> <You would>. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's so cool the whole concept is really cool i think it was executed uh, a little poorly. like I I, I I I think because of the mechanics of like the whole sea levels, um, I think that kind of ruined apocalypse mode a little bit. If they took that out, I think it's totally fine. I love the idea of appeasing the gods and sacrificing your military units to get rewards. I think the rewards should be better. I think the rewards currently aren't as good as what they as what the, what it should be. I think that the soothsayers are limited in their in their use, where they have to be within range. I wish they could control where. The blowing of the winds would be, as you would say, if I start a desert storm and I want it to go to Zo's land and not on my military right behind me, like that would be great, right? I just think it could have been executed a little bit better, but I, I love the concept of apocalypse mode. And then for my least favorite game mode, I see, I don't like part of me doesn't like heroes, but the other part of me doesn't like shuffle, if you count shuffle.
2: Oh, I God. forgot about Shuffle. That one's so mode. forgettable that I didn't even count it in my least favorite. I hate Shuffle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the if it was a casual game, like a super casual game, where like no one's going to war, no like you're just kind of building up your empires. Shuffle mode's great in theory. In practice, you know, no one's Everyone's competitive and everyone's like, where the hell is this one civic that I need for my entire empire to get go? That's the reality of it. So, like, that's they looked at that and they said,
2: Do you want a world where someone can build muskets before they can build swords? This is the world for you.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I was I was about to say I really enjoy shuffle mode as Babylon. Because you do something, and then it's like, oh, that's where that technology is, and now I have it. Okay, let's go. You know, But <laughs> yeah, other than okay. that...
0: It just hides your Eureka, so you have to memorize them all. That's the only difference.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a good way to... Um, th- see, this is what I like about shuffle mode. Because I learned how to plan districts by playing Japan. Because Japan like really forces you to double down on your district adjacency, right? Playing shuffle mode encourages you to remember what those boosts are, true. right? Yeah. So maybe you do some online speed shuffle mode and then just as like, I don't know how many people want to like practice playing a game, but you can do that to help you play your main game a little bit better. That's true. So. That's true.
0: And then finally, my favorite sieve that came out of here, uh, I have to remind myself who came out. Gaul, Byzantium, Grand columbia Maya. Who else? Who am I missing? Kublai, Vietnam. I'm missing one. Who am I missing? You say Maya? He said I Maya. did. No, it was what's the? It was the the one
2: Ethiopia.
0: Like, oh, oh, Ethiopia. Yeah, that one's my favorite. Ethiopia. Ethiopia? Yeah. Oh, they're sick. They're so good. Man, you just go faith and you get So everything.
2: obvious it's your oh, favorite, amazing. right? Like it is. It <laughs> yeah, is. you couldn't
0: remember who they are. They're your favorite. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as you said it, I remembered all the memories of playing Ethiopia. And they're all fantastic. They're all great. Only good memories. They're the only civil one of the only civilizations you can win a culture victory without building anything except rock human churches. It's amazing. <laughs> and then if you're gonna go for, for predictions, uh, I guess I'll I'll go to, since I'm already talking, I think it's gonna be the Philippines. I think if if we're going eastward in the world, we're in the islands now, mm. right? And Indonesia's already taken because that would have been my guess, but since Indonesia's already in the game, I'll go with the other Philippine island, which is or uh, other island, which is the Philippines. So, that's my guess. Philippines, not Portugal. Philippines. So,
1: <sighs> if they did North America, I I think they'd go the Iroquois and it'd be kind of like a maybe a a, uh a militaristic trade civ or something along those lines so yeah i north america uh i although i could see i know not europe but like like super europe but like i could see eastern european or or slavic because there's lots to choose from not like Kazakhstan or something but like you know
2: <laughs> my, my, something I mean, in that region if it's eastern europe something would, in that region i would say bulgaria they're like bulgaria. the um classic enemies of the byzantine empire and also of the ottoman empire they fought against the bulgarians a lot
0: um, uh, didn't they fight so, the gaul too or is that no that's wrong, wrong. I, rome I, fought I thought, gaul. okay my bad oh yeah, yeah, yeah Basil was the slayer.
1: I'm, I'm my bad yeah, right. so yeah right. I could see I mean, uh, Easter. that happened on Monday they could I guess <laughs> do Austria too eh like the uh, half yeah stars. that'd be I more mean, European so. European uh,
0: if we're gonna go a
3: resurrection from Civ V that could be possible
1: and if, if we're gonna go
0: to Europe maybe they're gonna save it for, for uh, Switzerland for where where Sid Meier's from if you're going to go really wild, if we are going to go like, okay, this is the last civilization in Civilization 6. We're assuming that there's no new frontier pass after there's no frontier pass after this. There's no DLC. It's just this is the last civ. The, the oh. everybody's hyped for this one moment. You know what? I'm just going to say it. It's going to be aliens. It's going to be aliens. <laughs> Legitimately, <laughs> I think it'll aliens. be aliens. Yeah, legit. And they'll get a they'll get a unique giant death robot.
2: Watch right here It's gonna be like here. the Asgard from like Stark Stargate yeah. or something. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I've I've got a wild one for you. Yeah if you go you it. it. Yeah, let's hear it. Because I, you know, I am admittedly I'm in the the camp where like Austria, Portugal, and Venice are all possible. But if I had my druthers, the last sieve would be Navajo. And one of your unique abilities is a unit that can either be a great general or a spy, depending on how you want to deploy them. And like if this, uh, so they can either be with your units on the field or you can put them in a city. Wow. And you get like better communication or you get diplo visibility if they're in a city. But then... If they're with your units on the on the map, you get the combat bonus. Like, I don't know if you want to go so far as to like name them the Code Talker or whatever, but like your unique unit for this sieve is not a combat unit. So like Grand Colombia has the Comandante Eneral, right? Yes, so that's correct. not a combat unit, but they also have the Enero. So like let's let's make a Civ that honest to God does not have a unique combat unit because that would be a first in Civ 6
1: and it's the last Civ so like why not right if
0: why not if it can, why if it not be for right
3: that has be me thinking
1: true. though if they went that mm-hmm. route then the suggested game mode that I thought would be the last game mode they wouldn't do that because that'd be kind of boring because we have have one more game mode coming too right so what's the game mode mode. i don't understand i think the next game mode i think it's going to be something to do with war i think it's going to be like total war or some kind Mm. of warfare game mode and a peaceful civ coming with it i don't think will make sense uh if they (laughs) did go that route but if it was like the iroquois i'm like yeah i can see iroquois and we'll have this new uh and the mode i don't know it could be something as simple as like you get a free military unit every few turns or the something. The new game mode or... might not be not
2: anything in the base game. It might be something like a new pirates as well, right? It might be. Maybe. No. Yeah. Maybe. no
1: those they don't, they those specifically said be... scenario for that one. Yeah. 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 So I think something to do with war will be I the likely see. game mode. I can like see that. Or like when you kill units, you get general points and you know stuff like this Stuff just encourage conflict. A world war
0: game mode where if yeah. once, once one person goes to war, you have to pick a side.
1: <laughs> something like that, like yeah, cool. where alliances matter a little more, or maybe in the in the war scenario or the war mode, that's where you have breakaway sieves might be a, a real thing. So yeah, something it'll be like war or like something like vassalage mode or something like that, where like you're able to like cow states yeah. into where your you, submission. Can we
3: please puppet cities again? Yeah, that was you can cool keep stuff. it, <laughs> raise it, or puppet it. Puppet. Please. Can we <laughs> get it back?
1: Vasilich. All
0: right. So we're out of time here. Uh, Vector Cat, thank you for being on the show with us today. Please, where can the people find you and your content? On the internet. <gasps> can you give us a little more detail on that? Where do we go? We're on the internet. Now what?
3: www.backslash colon tag. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're already
1: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> semicolon.
3: Backslash. Zozo Stagmus Hyphen. The moi. Dot brackets. Hyphen uh, or dash.
0: There's a big difference. So, uh, like first Hult. of
3: all, the the community uh, main landing page where we exist mostly can be found at r slash civ six challenge league. So that's. Civ, the number six, and then Challenge League. Uh, So that's where we are on Reddit. We also are on Discord. Uh, Same handle, uh, same bat time, same bat station. Uh, The podcast is under the same name, Civ6 Challenge League. Uh, We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Podbean. We're on Google's Podcatcher. We're on Anchor. Thanks so much, Anchor. Love you. Throw us some money. Um, <laughs> and then every now and again, uh, Vector Cat, uh, myself, is streaming on Twitch. Right now, two days a week, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, usually in the morning before Bose goes live, um, is kind of what I'm doing right now. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, come hang out. That's that's where I am. That's where we are. Um yeah, that's civ Six Challenge League slash Vector Cat slash the Internet. That's us. Oh, did you dab? Oh, jeez, man. Ugh, I'm so every chance I, get, uh, oh, every man. chance I get. Every chance I get, Youngin. Youngin, you don't. Yeah. You don't stop dabbing because you get old. You get old because you stop dabbing it's a hashtag truth right there <laughs> oh god what's
1: happening oh god no
3: <laughs> see well, you're young again i oh, can't
0: young even. again. wow suddenly <laughs> i grew hair uh, all over it. wow my hair is back oh my god <laughs> I
3: know. In, in all seriousness thanks for having me y'all it's always a good time love having really, you truly. on the show i love having really appreciate you love guys. having you
0: on
1: as well man speaking of having on the show i guess you guys can tune in sunday where we'll have uh, foibles right foibles absolutely foibles right and he's show. coming
0: in he's coming in with a game we have no idea what's happening he told me oh he told me a hint actually of what the game mode was oh. he said the hints for uh, sunday is
1: romance languages that was the hint romance languages so it's yeah. gonna be like rome france spain. uh spain
3: and oh, one Spain. More. Oh, no, yeah, you're going to no. be forced,
1: forced with <laughs> it on you.
3: Great. That's one option. And it's probably that that is the most likely, but it's also possible that it's all Eleanor. Maybe or <laughs>
1: may, maybe we'll do uh, Brazil might Europe, be another Matt.
2: one because Brazil speaks Portuguese. So yeah, that okay. might be okay, one okay. too. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: There you go. There you go. So yeah, join us Sunday and uh, you'll see foibles. Yeah.
0: And you can also find us, though, every day on Twitter at The Civ Show. It's where you can get your up-to-date Civ Show content and up-to-date Civilization content. It's also where we like to roast all of the Civ Give participants. So please follow us <laughs> at The Civ Show.
2: Hey, and if you want to check out some of our other content, you can check out our YouTube channel. Um, That's where, if you miss any of the streams, our VODs get uploaded to the YouTube channel. We all have our own uh, different series as well. I do the Better Know a Leader series, which is for history, raising reviews from Raising Zozo, and Moy does uh, reaction videos as well for civilization content. So definitely go check that out and give us a subscribe, ring the bell, um, and check us out there. Ring
1: that bell. Sorry. Uh, And of course, if you want the more intimate connection you can join us on our discord at the civ show it's where our community comes to the local civ watering hole to chat about all sorts of stuff civ and not civ uh, and as you know of course we now have five days of civ show coming at you five days of civ show uh, s- starting with uh sunday night civ show 7 p.m eastern standard time you got afternoon tea With nystagmus on Mondays at 2. These are all Eastern Standard Time. Zozo in the morning on Tuesdays. Good morning, amenities. 9 a.m. Boy at night for a beer and some Civ. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then, of course, every Thursday night, we're here with you for the Civ Show podcast. So five days of Civ. Other than that, thanks a lot again, Vector Cat. It's been great. Say goodnight, everybody.
3: Goodnight, good everybody. It's a pleasure. Good night, everybody.